Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Joy. On today's episode, we talked with Johnny Erickson Tata. Johnny is the founder and CEO of Johnny and Friends International Disability Center, and she's an international advocate for people with disabilities. We talked to her about the new Beyond Suffering Bible, which came out last year in the NLT, and she was the general editor of that project. And Johnny spoke with us about how she uses her story and her background of experiencing chronic pain to connect with God when really he is the only one left to turn to. And she encourages other people who are either in pain or have disabilities or those who are caring for them uh, to read the Bible. Yes, and if you want to learn more about the Beyond Suffering Bible, you can visit beyondsufferingbible.com. Or if you want to learn more about Johnny or Johnny and Friends, visit johnnyandfriends.org. We are very happy to welcome Johnny Erickson Tata to our podcast today. Thank you so much for taking the time with us. It's good to be with you, Adam, and thanks for having me, Joy. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk to a lot of authors on our show, and they all have unique stories about how they became writers, but um, I know you told your story in a lot of different mediums, but what was it that actually inspired you or led you to say, I have something that I should share with the world? Well, um, something to share being a uh, special edition of the Bible, that's, that's kind of a big thing. That's not even a book. It's, it's God's word. It's like, wow, this is so huge. And it took something pretty huge uh, to inspire its creation. And I will hearken to the days when I was first injured after I broke my neck in a diving accident. I was despairing. I was discouraged. Those were days when I would simply tell my sister, I don't want to get out of bed. And she would shut the door, turn out the lights, and I'd lie there for in the dark for days, a couple of weeks, you know, she'd come in, give me dinner, breakfast, lunch. But I, I just I just wanted to be alone. I was so depressed. But midway through that darkness, I realized I can't live like this. I don't think anybody can live like this. And that's when I asked my sister to finally get me up in the wheelchair, push me into the living room, park me underneath um, this black music stand on which rests, uh, rested my high school Bible. And with a mouth stick, I slowly began to turn the pages this way and that, uh, hoping you know, somehow to find answers from my plight, um, something to help me out of my depression. Because I knew, I knew that the Bible contained answers for uh, my depression and discouragement over having broken my neck and the diagnosis of total and permanent paralysis. But I just had nowhere to look. I, I didn't know where to look. And thankfully, Christians were praying, and someone at that point introduced me to a young man. His name was Steve Estes, and uh, he was only a 17-year-old kid, but boy, he knew the Bible. He had been raised in a good church and just loved it. He devoured the Bible, and, uh, and he had heard that I had some tough questions about God's Word, and so... Um, he said, look, I'll cut you a deal. You, you, get, you give me lots of your mother's bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches on Thursday night, and I will sit down with you uh, over an open Bible, and I will answer your questions. And Joy and Adam, I mean it. It was, that was the most precious time in my life because I had a wise counselor sitting next to me, leafing through God's word, answering my tough questions about the problem of suffering, the goodness of God, 
Um, what's God's plan? What's his plan? What's his purpose? Um, will I ever be healed? How will I get out of depression? I was so blessed to have someone guide me through the pages of God's word. And so fast forward, what, 45, 50 years later? Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to be a part of creating this special edition of God's word that would be like a wise counselor, that would be like my friend Steve Estes, that would guide someone through the tough questions about suffering and give them honest, flat-out answers and comfort and encouragement and hope. And that's really what inspired the Beyond Suffering Bible. My own experience almost 50 years ago of coming up out of my own depression and now having created with a marvelous team from Tyndale and from Johnny and Friends this great edition of God's Word called the Beyond Suffering Bible, which is a tremendous resource for those who suffer and for those who take care of them. Mm. That's beautiful, Johnny. Isn't that amazing how the Lord uses our own experiences to inspire current and future work? It really is incredible. Some of the hardest moments inspire our greatest contributions. And I'm wondering, you know, you say guiding others through the Bible. How have you structured the Bible or what have you put in there that would help someone who doesn't have a friend to sit with them and enlighten them? Well, for one thing, there are great study notes, um, study notes that are, uh, are like connection points. On almost every page, these connection points connect readers to um, questions about suffering, questions about depression, questions about theology, uh, questions about miraculous healing. So on almost every page, there's these connection points where readers can follow them and also explore the additional resources that we have. Um, the Bible, this particular edition, is jam-packed. Uh, from the front and the back with articles that inspire readers to action. Um, We've got articles on dealing with chronic pain, um, articles on grief, articles on caregiving, articles on autism and Alzheimer's, plus we've got topical indexes, daily Bible readings. Um, One of of the favorite parts of the Bible to me are the profiles, uh, because God's truth is always revealed through people. And in this edition of God's Word, readers meet not only ancient heroes uh, of great faith, but also contemporary testimonies, some ordinary people who have a common thread. They've all experienced hardship and um, they've all made the choice to to grab hold of hope rather than sink in despair. Mm -hmm. So whether it's through the specialized book introductions that deal with uh, revealing God's plan for suffering and disability or these profiles or my daily devotionals that I've uh, sprinkled here and there, or the connection points or our resources. It's just jam-packed full of good stuff for, for those people who are searching. That's really incredible. I think that takes it to the next level when it's a themed Bible. For example, we have the Life Application Study Bible, but that is more so just focused on the text with those study notes, but it doesn't have all the additional profiles, devotions. And I think that's what makes this Bible so unique. Absolutely. And uh, we need, uh, excuse me, I've got a cough. Just give me one second. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Hopefully you can edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> and we need to remember it's not just for people who suffer. Uh, this Bible is for uh, parents of children with disabilities. It is for caregivers of elderly people. It is for students who are studying um, the theology of suffering. It's for uh, people who work 
with those who are in chronic conditions, uh, healthcare workers, missionaries, nurses, healthcare professionals. So it's it really speaks to a wide array of readers who come in come in contact with this this difficult subject of suffering each and every day. And uh, so I think it's got a broad appeal for a, a great many different kinds of people in different sorts of careers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now, um, a study Bible. Now, a lot of people wouldn't think to, um, you know, uh, put into production a study Bible. Uh, is this something that people have been asking for? You've been working in ministry for a long time. Um, I'm wondering if that's something that uh, has been requested over the years. Absolutely. I think people really, really wrestle with this whole concept of God's sovereignty. We say he's in control. We, we recite it. We, we recite verses like Romans 8, 28, all things fit together into a pattern for good. But when we are hit broadside with suffering, or when we see on the news a report of a crazed man going into a classroom and killing a special ed teacher, and a special ed child, and or we see this the, these terrible tragedies that unfold in the news every day. We've got to wonder, where where is God when it, when it concerns this all this suffering? Is is he in cahoots with the devil? Does does God set the world's agenda, or does Satan? Mm-hmm. I, I think what I wanted to get across in this Bible is simply ten little words. God permits what He hates to accomplish that which he loves. And that, that, that really right there is a good answer to the ancient question about suffering. Because think of it. I mean, the, the agonizing death of God's own precious son, the murder, the torture, the treason, and, and all the injustice that, that led up to it, God permitted that. God permitted treason. God permitted injustice and torture and murder. But he permitted something he hated in order to accomplish something that he loved. And what could he possibly prize above his own son's gruesome death? I mean, what could he possibly think is worth the scandal at the cross? Well, it's salvation, salvation for a world of sinners. So Satan, in inspiring the awful events that led up to the crucifixion of Christ, he ends up slitting his own throat because then the world's worst murder becomes the world's only salvation. Now, take that bit of theology right that right there and translate it into your own life. God permitted my spinal cord injury. He hated it. He, he permitted what he hated, uh, the awful, terrible tragedy of a, of a teenager with a broken body sitting down for the rest of her life without use of her hands or use of her legs. He hates that. Yet he permitted that in order to accomplish something that he loves. And what could he love? Well, how about Christ and me, the hope of glory? It took a long time to get there, but I did. And as long as we have that confidence and trust that God is going to permit awful things to happen in order to accomplish something that he loves, then we can move forward with hope. Then we can trust this God who, who um, well, one of the stories in the Beyond Suffering Bible we center on is the story of Joseph. I mean, look at Joseph. He was sold into slavery. He was put into a prison, left to rot. God permitted that to happen, an awful thing in Joseph's life. Yet in Genesis chapter 50, or, or no, it's Genesis, yeah, Genesis, in Genesis chapter 50, I think it's verse 20, um, Joseph says to his brothers who betrayed him, you meant it for evil, 
good, but, but God meant it for good for the salvation of many people. And that, that's God's idea that through our brokenness, it might be redeemed. Not only that we might experience hope with Christ in us, but that we in turn then can share our testimonies and our witness so that other people might be rescued, other people might be redeemed, other people's suffering might um, might turn out to have a, a better story than it than it began. So that's what we really want to do with this with this Bible. Just help people grasp those ten little words. God permits what he hates to accomplish that which he loves. Mm, that's a really incredible way of saying it, Johnny. I've never heard someone say that because of course we know that God does not God is a God of love, and he does not make us sin nor instigate sin or hardship or suffering. But again, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around, then why is there so much evil and hurt? Um, and I'm wondering, Johnny, you know, you say that you weren't always in that place of leaning into the Lord and accepting, uh, like it says in Scripture, our lot in life and still giving glory to the Lord. How would you encourage someone who is in the midst of deep pain, deep suffering, things won't get better as far as they see it. How do you encourage them to acknowledge the state of suffering, but also not succumb to it? Well, I think the Bible makes it clear in Ecclesiastes, in the book of Romans and elsewhere, that it's good to cry. It's good to grieve. Mm -hmm. We're to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. And uh, the Bible says there's a time for tears, a time for heartache. I mean, um, you, you've got you've got to look at the, the the life of Christ Himself. I mean, He wept at the graveside of Lazarus. So, mm -hmm. suffering is a hard thing. It's a difficult thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, God allows all sorts of things He does not approve of. And although He may not approve of the the terrible disappointment or death or affliction that brought such tears, um, he's going to see you through it. If you can't move beyond the Kleenex box, wipe your tears, open the word of God, and agree with him where he says, come now, let us reason together. Because there does come a time when you have to dry the tears and say, okay, come now, God, let, it, let us reason together. Let, help me think through this. Help me understand this. There comes a time when you stop asking why with a clenched, angry fist. And you start asking why with a soft, searching heart. That takes faith to get there. But boy, all you got to do is give God a tiny little mustard seed size grain of faith and he'll, and he'll run a mile with it. So if we can just turn our anger Godward, if we can, through our tears, turn our heartache Godward, heavenward, we're aiming in the right direction. And we cannot help but have an encounter with the Almighty when we take our tears to Him. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of wisdom and insight that's in the Beyond Suffering Bible. It helps people turn their tears Godward and find, okay, what's next? What's after the heartache? How do I get through this? What do I do? What's the next step? And, um, and I'm, I'm happy to say that it's written, this Bible is written in such an easy-to-read format we chose the New Living, New Living Translation for that very reason. We wanted a, an easy-to-read uh, paraphrase of the, of the Word of God that people could really grasp through their tears. So the Bible is written in approachable, easy-to-understand language, and I think we break down some pretty 
pretty tough truths into bite-sized chunks that are easy to swallow and easy to digest when you've got these tough questions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one of the things I love about the Beyond Suffering Bible is it's not just a great resource for people who are suffering, but also caregivers or family members of people who are suffering. So I'm wondering if you have any advice for um, people who are caregivers or caretakers, what's the best way that we can encourage those people in our lives? Oh, I think if, if, you, if, you, if you go to a church or if you're in a neighborhood where there's some mother of a special needs child, um, don't just assume somebody else is helping her. Don't assume that she's got lots of relatives and friends who are pitching in and helping out. No, you walk up to the front door, knock on the door, ring the doorbell, and you say, hey, I'm heading to the market. Um, can I pick you up a couple of things at, 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 at the supermarket? Or, um, you know what, I'd love to learn your child's routine for an afternoon because, you know, I can stay with your child. I know I can learn his routine, and that'll just give you a break to go have a Starbucks coffee or get your nails done. Or you know, Just think of practical, neighborly ways that you can show the love of Christ. Um, just arrive at the front door. Just show up. Just be there. Uh, sometimes it might just be listening, praying, asking if uh, you can pray for that special needs mom or that caregiver. Um, and if you are a disabled person like I am, and you have a caregiver like I do, my husband and other friends, I, I want to respect them. I want to say thank you. I make certain I'm grateful. And I want to make certain my husband has lots of time to go fly fishing. Uh, or my friends aren't too loaded up with taking care of me in too many days in a row. I mean, I, I, I try my best to, to work as a team with the girls and with my husband who take good care of me. And I think this is, a, this is just a, a picture of the body of Christ working together. The weaker lifting up the stronger, the stronger ministering to the weaker. And what do you know, as we take directions from the head, the body gets stronger, and that's that's a beautiful picture. Mm -hmm. I like that. As you take instruction or direction from the head, your body gets stronger. That's right. I was that's thinking it. just today, I was like, oh, I, I don't really want to go exercise tonight, but I know I need to. So the discipline helps the body get in line, you know? <laughs> well, get out there, Joy, and yes. do your laps. <laughs> go for it. I will. I will. Yeah, so, Johnny, can you share a little bit more about your ministry, Johnny and Friends, and if there's anything you're doing now or the ministry's doing that you're really excited about? Well, um, we've got some uh, wonderful family retreats coming up, and if anybody is listening who knows of a special needs family in their neighborhood or in their church, you got to go online to johnnyandfriends.org. That's J-O-N-I-A-N-D-F-R-I-N-D-S, johnnyandfriends.org, and go to our family retreat page and tell them all about our retreats for families affected by disability. It's uh, all throughout the summer. We'll hold 50 this year, wow. 27 in the United States and uh, 20 some odd in developing nations. And it's five days of hands down slam dunk off the charts fun and fellowship <laughs> and a chance for these special needs moms and dads to connect with other parents, a chance for siblings to connect with other siblings who have a disabled brother or sister. There's arts and crafts, times of study in God's word, times of prayer. Uh, great devotional readings, a camp pastor. Um, there's all kinds of fun stuff that we do at our family retreats. So if anybody's listening who wants to volunteer at one of these, any one of our 27 family retreats across the U.S. this summer, then then check us out at johnnyandfriends.org. 
We also have a great Cause for Life internship program. Unfortunately, our 2017 schedule of internship slots are all filled up. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. always young people dying to serve with us and travel with us and go overseas, deliver wheelchairs, give Bibles, serve at a family retreat. Uh, but our 2018 schedule will be open soon. And um, so I'd encourage young people to consider serving with us as an intern. Mm. I love that there are so many opportunities for people to get involved. I was on browsing your website today and was like, wow, there's everything from the blog, the ministry to your story. All of those things is really engaging. Well, you know, when I, when I was first injured and I was so despairing and I was in that bedroom in the dark, I had no idea that so many people were praying, but they were. And that made all the difference in my attitude and in my receiving help from others mm -hmm. and in uh, others rallying around. And I saw what Christians did in my life, their prayers, their support, their, you know, throwing me into the front seat of a Camaro and racing off to the mall for a Saturday afternoon for fun. And, you know, just, just treating me not, not like an invalid, not like a cripple, but like Johnny. Mm -hmm. And it made such a difference. I've been, I've been blessed so much that honestly, Joy and Adam, I just want to pass on the blessings. Every page on that Johnny and Friends website is a way of passing on the blessing to others, to others who serve, such as those in my life did many years ago, and those who need to be served, like the people who need wheelchairs, uh, the people who need to hear the gospel of Christ in foreign lands, the people who need the respite of a five-day family retreat. So it's, it's, it's just a way of passing on the blessing. I've been blessed, and if indeed any of our listeners have been blessed, boy, like a hot potato, get it off your lap and give it to somebody <laughs> else quick. Just give it away quickly. Yeah. Because when we try to hoard blessings, it's like, it's like the Israelites trying to hoard manna in the wilderness. <clears throat> they couldn't do it. The manna just became rotten in their, in their pots. It only lasts for a day. So get it off your lap and pass it on and make certain that you share God's love with others. You know, God's love is unconditional, totally unconditional. But our experience of his love is not. Mm. We've got to give it away in order to experience it. We've got to give it away in order to experience it. Mm, well said. Well, thank, mm -hmm. thank you so much for mm. talking with us today and sharing about this great resource and your great words of wisdom. And I believe people can go to beyondsufferingbible.com to learn more about the Bible. Mm -hmm. Right.